0: everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast special edition that we are definitely not calling show 113 because that will be out next Thursday. This is the interim show that Graham and I promised you on uh, Thursday when you got show 1112 uh, because we have had so many listener emails which is awesome and especially seeing as a lot of them are around the Cheap Shots Challenge. Uh, we've had so many listener emails uh, we thought we would dedicate a whole special extra show to the and so today's show is brought to you by coffee because we're recording in the morning so it's apologize for the sobriety and um, but it's also brought to you by all three of your favorite sunbeams uh because is with us as well because she couldn't make it for this week's show hey Rach, how you doing
1: Hey, I'm good. Yes, I'm. I'm being brought to you by tea. Um, today, I definitely needed the caffeine from that. Um, but it doesn't sound like I was the uh, the latest to get up and the in the most sleepy of the sunbeams today. I think that honour goes to graham (laughs) doesn't it graham
2: Uh, (laughs) i'm brought to you by staying up until 3 30 in the morning playing no man's sky and i I was woken up by the sound of whatsapp buzzing on my phone going are you guys going to be online just a second (laughs) yay (laughs) (laughs) i'm a grown-up oh dear
0: yes but that's okay (laughs) because you know the content today has been provided by other people which is very kind of them
2: (laughs) thank goodness (laughs)
1: hooray well, we're looking forward to that, aren't we? Listen to uh, to what the listeners have written in with.
0: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, so plenty of emails to go through. Uh, I'm afraid, folks, that I will have to leave you at the first break um, because I have uh, some day job stuff uh, that is getting in the way. So, so I will be here for the, for, for the first session, and then I will leave you in uh, Rachel and Graham's uh, good, professional, and well prepared hands. <laughs>
1: Shh, Rach, I'm... Rach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spoiling the illusion, aren't I? Uh,
0: well, you know, it's it's a Wizard of Oz thing. You don't really want to look behind the curtain because it'll just be disappointing. All you'll see there is a, a, a fairly tousled Graham. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and nobody <laughs> nobody wants Alex. to see that. Nobody wants to see that. OK, all right, I tell you what, we'll, dive, well, we'll just dive in then, shall we? And I think honour, because he's prepared it all and collated it all, um, honour of the first email should go to Graham.
2: In. yes thank you very much Aid the first email is from ralph Wilde. ralph writes in hi sunbeams please find my cheap shots challenge entries attached they were taken in cappadocia is that how you say that word looks reasonable to me uh, yeah cappadocia in turkey use using an olympus mu one picked up for five pounds in a local charity shop and some kodak color that expired in 2001 bought for around three pounds a roll Thanks for the podcast. All the best, Ralph. Uh, that's a really good cheap shot setup. up. Um, five quid for a camera and <laughs> very expired, very cheap film. Perfect. And the Olympus Mew One's a cracking little camera as well. I know the Mew 2 gets all the love, but Mew.
0: So I'm going to pick you up on email here because it says Olympus Mew 1, or it might say Olympus Mew I picked up. It might be a 1 or it might
2: be an I. That's very good. We will never know. Um, <laughs> we will never know maybe um, ralph will
1: tell us on his website because has he put the shot up on that as well do you know or is it that he sent that in with it uh
2: i don't know i haven't been to Ralph's website. anyway go and check out Ralphwild.co.uk, and that's um ralph r-a-l-p-h-w-y-l-d.co.uk and maybe you'll find information there i haven't been organized enough to follow that link there are lots of olympus muse but um We'll, it'll be a, a surprise for all of us. It's still a lovely <laughs> little you, whatever it is.
0: Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, how? though the next one's from somebody called Graham, so it's obviously going to be. Uh, uh, and ne- never mind, I'll, I won't finish that thought. Rach, do you want to be you
1: know a... <laughs> I, I wouldn't
0: want to. I wouldn't want to to assign to other Grahams the values I assign to our own dear Graham. So <laughs>
2: he's worse than me. This one.
1: <laughs> okay so this is actually one that we did read out on a previous week um just so you know graham we uh, we already have read this one out from from other graham from graham young um because i i don't know if you remember but because he talks about his concept of using the Pentick and mm-hmm. i was unsure what the Pentick technique was because and you said oh it's like the trip tech isn't it
2: technique i do uh, and and do you remember that where we lost all those emails rage
1: no. When do we no, lose from the, all the emails? From,
2: from the end of the show, you was like, that's why we had five extra emails. <laughs> right, yeah, this one okay. of the ones that went to the radio.
1: Okay, right. So, well, very sorry, Graham. Um, so, Apology but, um,
2: accepted, Rachel.
1: <laughs> not you, other <told laughs> Graham. Graham Young, who wrote this email. He says, please find my fine entry into the Cheat Shots Challenge for landscape photography. I have again used my Canon Demi S for this round's entry. There is no working light meter in the camera, possibly a factor in its sub-$30 price. So I used the Sunny 16 rule to expose these images. I shot these frames on a fresh-ish Kodak Alaris Ultramax 400 and home developed them using the Unicolor C41 kit from the FPP. It says my concept was to use the Pentic technique of using multiple half-frame images next to each other to create a larger or visually connected composition. Unfortunately, my camera has decided to only open the shutter on every second frame, and this was the only continuous set of frames on the whole on the full forty-eight frame roll to come out. I will now drop the mic and walk off the stage as I am clearly the winner. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much, Graham. That sounds great. Have you had a look at those, Graham? Have you had a chance to see them?
2: <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm I'm going to be going through all of these pictures either uh, tonight or tomorrow, getting them all ready for the pre-judging. Um, graham is uh one of the hosts of the homemade camera project a homemade camera podcast rather uh, and i had a very enjoyable time yesterday listening to them both discussing nest cameras that they'd bought um it was it, it made me very happy trying to sort of admiring all the features of these amazing cameras and i really look forward to seeing what they're doing with them so <laughs> good luck
1: Fantastic! To you yeah. <laughs> Aid, you going to go for the next one.
0: Yes, yes, I shall. This email is from Ra- I can not even get the first name right. Sorry. This is this email is from Ralph Hools, I think. Uh, from judging from his domain name, uh, he's from Germany. Hi, Ralph. He says, uh, "Hello, sunbeams. Be- My second camera after an Instamatic, I the first real camera with more than two settings." Was a hmm. was a Barrow Quick KB one three five that I got for a photography class shoot at school in nineteen seventy eight or so. Sadly, that camera is lost in time. Yes, <laughs> along with the rest of 1978, I expect. <laughs> um, sadly, that camera is lost in time. So I recently got myself a new one on eBay for five euros and postage. Ah, okay, five euros and postage. It's a good price for cheap shot challenge. The Berroquick is the export version of the Bioret VSN from VEB Kamerawerk Freital in East Germany. Mm. Sorry, did, did that sound <laughs> all right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, sorry. Is. I hope I'm getting this roughly right, Ralph, on the pronunciation. Um, It is a lovely little thing of plastic and aluminium with a 45 mm-hmm. millimetre f2.8 lens. The photos were taken at two different spots in the Ruhr Valley in Essen and Mulheim. I used Rollei Superpan 200 and processed it in Rodinal. Cheers, Ralph. Oh, yep. Excellent. Very well, good. Do you know yeah. what? That is a good price, uh, a good vintage camera there. Um, and, uh, you know, good choice of film, actually. Do you know, I, I also love, I love a, a 45 mil lens. I have, what's the, the there's a Yashica range finder, isn't it, that I used to have, but broke. That mm-hmm. had a, a GSN or something like that. No, Electro yeah. 35, the Electro 35, that I think had a 45 mil lens. And it it really worked for me, just, just a little bit wider than a 50 that I use a lot. And just get a little bit extra in it was really nice
2: yeah yeah it is it's i i, I slightly wide of normal is a, a really nice length for me as well because i i don't do very well with either wide or, or longer lenses um ralph is at camera carter which is camera with a k and carter with a k so uh on instagram and twitter so find him there and you see a lot of his work some good stuff there uh The next email is from Andreas Persson. Andreas writes in, hello, Sunbeams. Here's my submission for the Cheap Shops Challenge. I hope you enjoy light leaks. These photos were taken during a hike in Norway with an Agfa Billy Record 6.3, a 1930 6x9 folder camera I picked up for £13. Yay! I love folding cameras. The film I used was expired Lamography Color C400, uh, or 400, which gave some interesting results. The strip of tape which seals the roll after exposing it became undone. And I accidentally let the roll sit and cook like that in the scorching sunlight <laughs> for a couple of days. <laughs> 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 as
0: confident as me. Maybe Andreas has something. a van as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. As a result, some markings of the paper backing are burnt into the film and all the colors have shifted into a purple red. I did, however, enjoy the effect this created and I thought I'd submit them lightly. Snore, thanks. Yay. For the uh, these ones I did glance at, and the um color shift has really worked in his favor. It looks very cool, these pictures. I really like those, so look forward to those ones, listeners. You know, the next one, Rach, the super shorty.
1: Sure, <laughs> I I should take the next two, did you say? Yeah. Okay. So the next one's from uh, Jacqueline uh, Louis, um, who says, um, shot on a Pentax Zoom 105R and Ilford XP2 in, thanks, um, in Kaohsiung, in Taiwan. That's it. There we go. That was the email from Jacqueline. Thank you very much, Jacqueline. Appreciate it.
2: Is that uh, where Wayne's World was um, filmed in cow <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good. I'm glad to uh, know that we have that little piece of popular culture information there. Thanks, <laughs> Um On to Aaron Alfano, uh, who says, Hello, Sunbeams. I hope this email finds you well. I'm submitting my entries for the Cheap Shots Challenge. Shot with my Vivitar IC101 on Fuji Superior Extra 400. Ah, great little film that. Um a quick search after purchasing the camera revealed that it has a fixed exposure setting of F eight at one one hundred um, one two five fifth of a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I used the Pocket Light Meter app on my phone to try to avoid over or underexposing too much. I had the film developed and scanned at Duane's photo, who did a great job, given what I gave them to work with. I took both photos at the celery fields, a park about a mile from my house in Sarasota, Florida. While it is no Yosemite or Snowdonia in terms of impressive landscapes, it is special to me as it has been under threat from developers recently. And I have uh, been very involved in the efforts to preserve the park. The park has a surprising amount of wildlife for a relatively small park in a suburban area as evidenced by the Caution Alligator Habitat signs in both (laughs) photographs. My God, they don't have those in Snowdonia. (laughs) Um, In fact, although it is difficult to tell due to the rather, shall we say, painterly way the IC-101's lens captures light, the object in the water at the centre of the frame actually is an alligator. Hope you enjoy the photos. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Best from Aaron Alfano. Goodness me. Cool. Will that be our first alligator, do you think? Uh, think Might be. Might be, yeah.
2: I uh... I love the fact that uh, the camera as utterly, utterly plastic and um, uh, let's say basic, instead of the word terrible, as the icy one, the one has been out alligator hunting. Because <laughs> yeah, that camera, that is just a little gold, a or, or black, I think. His is a little black one because James one cool. Um, little black plastic box of not much use. It's the kind of thing I would <laughs> like to post post it to aid and then aid would never use it (laughs) Um,
0: so i like i think it's very very generous the way that aaron has described the the lens as a painterly (laughs)
1: painterly yes (laughs) Yes. i really like that so
0: it it might be a photograph might be a watercolor
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is why i'm really looking forward to having johnny coming on the show because um you know they the, the whole point of that their podcast the classic lenses podcast is their utter adoration of all these different lenses i was listening to this week's show um yesterday and listening to johnny uh, essentially have a a breakdown i think a a complete mental collapse whilst he was talking about the lenses that he got to stop him from having gear acquisition syndrome and then they were like and then I think he had four different 50 millimeter lenses for one camera body. And then he also had the list of the lenses that he still wanted that were still 50 millimeter for that camera body. It's like, I don't, oh my goodness, they have a problem. They have oh, a real problem well, on that podcast. They, 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 well, yes. the
1: podcast is about classic lenses. So, you know, it you'd is. expect there to be a lot of lenses involved in that, I guess
2: oh absolutely but I'm just I'm really looking forward to him being able to give us uh, a you know a real good uh deep dive into the pe- the paintly nature of the IC <laughs> <Yeah>. 101 <laughs>
1: excellent it's gonna be great we should
0: get him on a show with Hamish to talk about the 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 25 different 50 mil sumicrons that Hamish has tested
2: Oh, oh! They've had that conversation on their show. Don't you worry. I oh, have that. Oh, right. I must
0: have. Missed, I must have missed that that uh, episode of that show. Okay. Right. <laughs> so the next email in our show notes seems to be a little bit anonymous, Gaia. I And mean, it's my turn to read one out. So if I read it out, sh- yeah, shall it shall off, you get off. the name?
2: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, boss. Cut that bit off. <laughs> yeah
0: okay next email um hello sunnies firstly thanks for a great podcast enjoyed them all well everyone i've listened to that is who that was i thought somebody had listened to all the shows <laughs> then um but thank you very much for the compliment uh, attached you will find my first submission to the cheap shot challenge oh well uh welcome uh, whoever you are who will be less of a mystery in a minute <laughs> but thank <laughs> you for it nice.
2: Steve Tester. So this one's from Steve Tester. Thank you very much, Steve. Sorry I cut your name off the top.
0: So, yes. Well, welcome to the Cheap Shots Challenge, Steve. Uh, good to have you on board. Um it took me a little while to find a camera to fulfil the requirements. <laughs> so
2: you're right, right? Sorry.
1: There's was a battery exploding next to me. Hang on. <laughs> Jesus. How oh does this keep
2: happening to you?
1: I don't know.
2: Hang on. Hang on. When did you last have a battery explode on you? I've
0: never had a battery explode on me. The camera I found was an Agfa Isoli Jr, a simple camera for shooting exp- 16 exposures of 4 x 4 centimeters. It offers a meniscus lens with two hole apertures 11 and 16 and a fixed 130th speed Everset shutter. It was an eBay purchase from... Perth in Western Australia, and in beautiful condition, and accompanied with a cover that looks to have had very little use. The price was twenty Aussie dollars, and the film, another eBay purchase, was Fomapan four hundred one twenty for thirteen dollars for a total of $33, which at today's exchange rate is £18. Made it. <laughs> well done. Nailed it. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, excellent uh, economics. <laughs> um, I developed my own black and white rolls, and I used Kodak D76 one plus One for 13 minutes, 30-second inversion scanning using a F- Canon 5D three and an FD 50mm macro lens tethered into Lightroom and treated as I would any other int- uh, image. Uh, that's interest That's an interesting setup, isn't it? Because I don't think the Canon Five D would take an FD lens, because that would be an EOS mount, won't it? so we must uh, have a, uh, yes. an adapter on there as well so good, good setup a yeah. good setup of vintage lens and modern camera like it the first image number one is actually the very first image that was shot with this camera and i liked it enough to include the second image is one of the last of the roll. as i was getting more comfortable with this new camera the images were improving as well keep up the good work thanks for the podcast and the challenge i enjoyed it and will continue to participate and that as you say was from steve tester
2: it was indeed, yeah, and because I had to find Steezy, I've actually got two pictures in front of me, and um, yeah, two two very different pictures. The um, th- so the camera, the Agfa, I saw is uh, a um, sort of I suppose you'd call it almost a point and shoot of their day. They had a, a reasonable amount of control you could give on the, on the front lens. You could usually adjust the aperture and the shutter, but they were basically a bit like point and shoots. Um, uh, but he's yeah, got some nice results out of these two. Um, be quite quite soft around the edges i think it's fairly safe to say the sharpness is definitely in the middle on that um <laughs> the, the second one in particular is a w- incredibly minimalist shot both in terms of composition and um tone but yeah, it's worked really well um, i'm glad i'm not gonna have to want that picks one out of two with that so uh as is, is rachel back from her exploding battery yet? i am
1: I'm here.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: okay, so just in case later on when we listen back to the show, there's a slightly clunky e- edit point in the reading of Steve's email. It is because uh, <laughs> Rachel has persisted in buying her batteries from Poundland. And...
1: This is not true at all. I spent a lot of money on this new this new lot. Unfortunately, that battery came out of the OM10 that I I literally just opened up, um, the one that I bought at the weekend. So I took it out and replaced it with a brand new fresh battery, and the old battery that I'd put into a little um, plastic bag and sat next to me 'Cause I was going to talk to you guys about my new camera, just happened to explode next to me as we were talking. <laughs> oh, but, so yeah. So you're Steve. you're
2: okay though. You're okay.
1: I'm okay. It was quite loud, but yeah. I'm fine.
2: It was quite loud. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. I hope I hope I managed to capture maybe a little bit with the show. I, I hope, think it
1: um... should. So, 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 <laughs> so, so this live is... on air, real <laughs> so, the real moment. <laughs>
0: so this is this is this is definitely a, a good argument for entirely mechanical cameras, isn't it? If you <laughs>
1: One day um, I will get my OM1. I'm desperately looking for one, as you know. I am. I am. Uh, yes,
0: yes. Long live the Vivitar wide and slim.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, so the next email is uh, an unusual one in this batch because it's not cheap shot related, but it's an interesting one. Um, it's about an interesting project. Uh, This is from Renato Repetto, who writes in, "Um, I am currently directing a project operating in Australia and Japan, which promotes film photography by placing a Nikon F2 and a roll of Tri-X in the hands of some of our best shooters. Since the project's launch in May 2017, a Nikon F2 35mm uh, SLR and 55mm lens have been making their way to some of the top photojournalists and up and coming photographers, each with the task of shooting a single roll of Tri-X black and white film. Upon completion of the project, a photo book will be made showcasing the contact sheets and best works followed by exhibitions around the country. One year later, in May 2018, another Nikon F2 has embarked upon its journey around Japan with Herbie Yamaguchi shooting the first roll of triax for the project. So far, over a thousand exposures have been made by 30 photographers, including Tim Page, Robert McFarlane, Stephen DuPont, Heather Faulkner, Brian Castney, Michael Coyne, David Dare Parker, Meg Hewitt, Andrew Chapman, and Dean Sewell. The project was recently featured in the March 2018 issue of Australian Photography Magazine with interviews from myself, Tim Page, Robert McFarlane and Michael Coyne. Uh, that all sounds super cool and hopefully at some point not too distant future we're going to get uh, Renato to come on the show and tell us more about this project because I I just love the idea of it. The, the idea, especially the end product of having a book of the um, – Uh, what's the word I'm grasping for, contact sheets of the pictures that these incredible photographers have done when given this camera, this role film, and it said, just go and do one thing. Um, uh, I think I'd be uh, really insightful into the approach that professional photographers take to getting the best results. So, um, yeah, really cool project. Uh, And you can find more, I'm guessing, at um, www.renatoreppetto.com r-e-n-a-t-o-r-e-p-e-t-t-o dot com um and yeah as i said hopefully we'll have renato on soon to talk about this
0: that sounds awesome i i, I like we, we do have some some projects where you end up sending uh uh slightly more plasticky cameras and slightly more lightweight for the postage really, than a, than a Nikon F2 uh, it's it's, it's going to be really interesting to see you know uh, uh how how the the project differs because it's less about learning the camera and more about focusing on the photography so it's it would be awesome i mean that that setup for the australian circuit a nikon f2 and uh, and one of the 55mm lens the nikon 55mm lenses are are legends in their own right um so, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff there. And, um, yeah, it'd be great if we could talk to Renato. I'd really look forward to that.
2: Well, what, what I love about this kind of project is that it, essentially it, it gives you the most kind of very good quality, but also very straightforward gear. So it removes the gear aspect from it completely. And it's like, no, this is about what the photographer can do with it and all the different ways that can go with the same tool and i think that's really yeah. really interesting yeah there's nowhere to hide with a setup
0: like that i mean yeah if you think about it right you've got you've got a that's a normal lens give or take at 55mm you've got a, a classic well proven camera that's built like a tank and you're putting Tri-X in it and you you, you know it doesn't matter how you expose tri x does it <laughs> i mean it's 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 such a uh, an amazing film for how it will pick up on exposures and things like that so uh, yeah it's all about the content at that point that's a scary project that isn't it imagine if you hmm. uh, if you're one role gave yeah especially if you've got to uh, publish the contact sheets as well that's a ball that's a ballsy a photographer that gets involved with that <laughs> anyway on that note um uh we're gonna take uh, a quick break um and this might be goodbye from me i am gonna try and get back uh to the show I- in a little bit so if i if i bulldoze my way into the back end of this show um i'm sure every, I'm, I'm sure everybody will be grateful i'm gonna try and get rid of uh of my pet ski day job little thing uh that i have to do now uh, and get back to you but if i don't uh get back to you guys um enjoy the rest of the emails and um yeah well it's been great to have every all these emails in so uh, which one of you wants to take over the very important role of, of shepherding us through the rest of the show
1: graham do you want to do that <laughs> i may yes, have we'll other battery that. issues so we that's, sure that's true that's true <laughs>
0: rachel might explode it's, it's like watching spinal tap isn't it but <laughs> 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 okay all right we'll go to a break now nah.
2: And Rach and I are back with more of your lovely emails. Uh, Rach, do you going to take this first one from Ian?
1: Yep, lovely. So Ian Fleming's written in to say he really enjoyed the interview with Max from Intrepid. He says, um, I'm an 8 by 10 owner and he's done more to bring large format to a wider community than anyone else. Tim at Stearman Press should get credit too. The SP455 has massively improved my large format workflow and the speed of seeing my results says thanks for that. So uh, thanks very much, Ian, uh, for getting in touch, and um, I will obviously pass it on to uh, to Max. It was it was a really nice interview, um, getting a chance to uh, to speak to him, wasn't it, Graham? That was very cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. I mean, I I always love having conversations with people who are making things, um, because they just have, in in terms of the sort of the the, the camera side of things, just because the, the the problems that they're having to solve. And how they go about it, uh, it, it always makes an interesting conversation and Max mm-hmm. is just a very nice chap as well. Rach, have you had a look at the um, and Press SP455?
1: That's the tank, yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I have because um, I'm on their mailing list because obviously I find it very interesting what's happening with that. And um, they've developed various things over over the last, you know, sort of like few few years i think um and uh this is this is the tank where you kind of fold your sheet of eight by ten like a taco i guess is that right uh,
2: i think the well the one that um
1: oh is he talking about I, five by
2: four i think um, yeah, four cause, five, cause five, yeah that's a new one coming out isn't it because you mentioned about that's that, the right. that the
1: sorry i did yes that's right yeah because um the idea is i think that you're able to um 3d print that so it takes a long time to 3d print the actual tank itself but um the sp455 which should make sense right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's actually for a four by five um uh sheet film uh tank so uh, as he says it's uh, rather than doing tray developing um they designed a tank where you can um you can process your four by five um sheets of film in that which is very cool yeah
2: that's cool that's cool yeah There's, uh, and i know we talked about this with max about the, sort of the different ways of going about processing mm-hmm. but that was always the thing that put me off or one uh, of the yeah. things that put me off um four mm-hmm. by five to begin with and i said i was lucky enough that i had this um rotary tank uh that that's works true. fine for it um but uh, the and uh well mm-hmm. but the and does seem to be very very well regarded um
1: yeah. So, yeah we saw it at the photography show actually and i was sorely tempted because uh, unfortunately i i don't quite have the the budget for it not that it's particularly expensive but you know on top of everything else it becomes expensive doesn't it you know when there's a lot of other things that you also want to buy so i've only ever um done it as tray developed um my my large format um but yeah it's definitely something that i would love to put on like uh, you know an unlimited christmas list shall we say yeah <laughs> that exactly. would be that would definitely be on my, on my list that'd be lovely yeah um but yeah so uh, they've also looked at developing and are developing one for 8 by 10 as well, which is even more exciting because that means that you've got options for that too.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that seems more important than ever. Now that 8 by 10 feels like it's more achievable than ever with you know with Intrepid's not expensive 8x10 camera being out there. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Okay, the next email is uh, another non-cheap shots one. And this is from long absent but good friend of the show, uh, Barnaby Nutt. Um, so Barnaby writes in, Hello, Rachel, Aidan, Graham. I know the whole Sunbeams thing was just a stop the squabbling over <laughs> whose name was read out first. It's always going to be Rach. It's always going to be read out first, and that's the way it should be. Thanks, Bobby. I love the podcast and admire the time and effort that you put into researching and recording the shows, but also providing a focal point for the community. It's been great watching as word has spread, and the show has grown in both its stature and professionalism. I mean... <laughs> Did
1: you write this, Graham? I don't think that <laughs> uh, any my listeners... My bullshit is not
2: that bad. Um... <laughs> the market seems to be growing and dare I say it reaching saturation point, but the sunny 16 brand is strong and you're placed alongside the other pillars of the community. Think emulsive and 35 MMC. Uh, he spelled pillux wrong is well established. <laughs> Best of all is that you have a knowledge of what you're talking about. This is, this email is a pack of lies Barnaby. I'm quite sad to yeah. coming out of your mouth. <laughs> um, uh,
1: However, we appreciate it nonetheless, so, you know. <laughs> we do appreciate it.
2: There is a but coming, though. Well, mm. there had to be, didn't there? There was so much um, very kind but also very untrue nonsense in the first part. There had to be a but coming. Um, although I really don't want this to sound like a criticism, more an observation and perhaps the starting point for a discussion. Oh, that's what my mother always used to say to me. <laughs> don't want to sound like a criticism. Um I'd like to ask you to think about something I struggle with on both your show and pretty much every other film photography podcast I've listened to, Uh, the creative bar being a definite exception. It feels to me like as a community, we spend all of our time talking about photography and not photographs. We can discuss the gear all day, but not what we're trying to create with it. The equipment should surely be a means to an end, but we seem to spend more time on the means and very little on the end. When I chat to film photographers or hear them on your shows, all they ever talk about is gear and process. They'll often mention that they gave up with digital because of the constant need to upgrade or to keep up with the forum crowd. But they'll almost certainly be buying more cameras now than they ever did previously. I get that the process is a massive part of the fun of shooting film, and I understand that people don't like talking about art unless they have some educational background in it. Yet we all have opinions on the kit and the film stocks we're going to use or what process we prefer. So why can't we talk about what we're trying to do with them? I'm not suggesting we all sound like pretentious critics, just that if we like something, we have a go at saying why in our own words. Likewise, if we're offering our pictures for other people to look at on Instagram, Flickr or elsewhere, then go ahead and mention what the camera and film were used. But why not tell us why you look, took the picture in the first place, perhaps, and why you composed it the way you did and what you were communicating to the viewer? It's been encouraging to see the number of zines appearing through the first half of this year because that indicates, in the better ones at least, that people are telling stories with their pictures and their interest has gone beyond the hardware. But at the same time, a photograph of the content of one's bag usually gets more feedback, likes and clicks than the pictures that are made with it. What I'm trying to get at, and I hope that I don't sound all preachy because I'm as guilty as most, is just what I wrote earlier let's talk about photographs occasionally and not just photography anyway i'm not sure i've done a great job of explaining my point but i hope that you can fill in the gaps and get get what it is that i am rambling on about Toodlepip pip in who is at barnaby nut with two t's uh at the end um what am i saying at the end at barnaby nut with two t's at the end uh on twitter and instagram um Thank you very much, Barnaby. Uh, it's a great email, and it is something that I think we all think about a lot. Wouldn't you agree, Rach? Um, oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, we- generally, you know, the, the the comment about sort of uh, taking photos of cameras and the bags and the kit and and what have you. I know a lot of a lot of people obviously do 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 that um and you know sometimes it is nice to look at what people are using and and kind of get a sense of oh okay there's something similar there from what i use generally they're not the sorts of shots that i like taking because because i feel it does um feed into that idea of it's all about the kit and it's more about the the cameras than than actually um what's being taken with it um so generally that's not my kind of thing to you know like take the lots of the flat lays and that kind of idea for Instagram. Um but the uh he also mentions about the idea of zines appearing um and I think those are that's a really good way of actually seeing um uh, more images that are perhaps part of a more thought about collection um that are seen as a, a full story or that really start to give you a bit more of an insight into people's work. Um the other The other sort of thing thing to think about, perhaps is how we consume these these images generally, it's on something that is very quick, uh, such as Twitter or Instagram or what have you. Um, so where uh, as opposed to perhaps um, on a wider scale, us all being able to look at the same image at the same time and discuss it. Um there's also some difficulties with obviously us being an audio podcast talking about, Um, and a visual image uh, because we could literally describe the the visual image if you like but it's not going to be the same as actually us all being able to see it um, at the same time so um, so there's there's reasons I think why uh, we've done less of the talking about the the actual photograph the actual end result if you like but I really appreciate his point about what he's saying that we should talk more about the reasons behind taking the photograph and what it is that we're trying to convey, uh, because that is something you can, we can discuss, isn't it? You know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you hit the nail on the head there. We, we are an audio medium and we, we, the next show that people get to listen to uh, is the cheap shots challenge. And the whole point of the cheap shots challenge is to have a bumper blower about talking about, People's photography about the pictures that they've taken um, and how successful they've been, um, and because of that, you know, we have to make sure that the pictures are all there for people to see. And yeah, and it is—it's quite an undertaking, um, and it, it's hard to have. It—I think it's hard to have a conversation about a photograph when you can't be certain that people can see it. Um, what we do try and do is have a. Balanced mixture of different people on to talk about different things um, because th- that's what I, we all want from the show is we want to have interesting conversations about a really wide range of stuff and um, and oh, and as Barney mentioned that there are other podcasts out there which are already doing a far better job talking about mm-hmm. gear than we could you know like the, oh yeah the, the film <laughs> the film photography project um, and podcast you know those guys know way more about gear than certainly i ever will you know they with leslie and matt in particular on there um you know uh they know so much stuff about gear um they, they all do all the guys on there um and the classic camera revival podcast again you know, that that show is all about gear and the classic lenses podcast which you already mentioned um so there's no point us doing that kind of show but um we do like getting people on to talk about the why they're doing stuff um so whilst it might not be about specific photographs it's been it was really nice you know recently we were talking to nikki and we've had tina on um keith moss last week um yeah trying to have conversations about about their approach to photography at the very least but uh yes it's it's hard talking about what were you thinking when you took this picture when you can be fairly certain that probably 90 percent of the people listening can't see the picture with it um but I completely get the point point. and uh well we'll just try and make sure that we have a good mix of people on and you can mm-hmm. bathe in the in the ph- photography and photograph content in the next week's show Barnaby
1: <laughs> absolutely
2: uh Rach um do you want to take the next couple because it's a quick one from Paul just for you and then uh, a follow up from our good friend J.M. Golding
1: uh yeah um right so paul friday sent an email saying thank you for your very kind plug um and one for rachel she mentioned that she had a b meter but no special sensitive paper for it didn't they use to take printing out paper Mm. wouldn't the cyanotype paper do the same job cheers uh mm, i'm not sure i did think oh this might be similar to cyanotype paper but when i looked when i actually took piece that was still left in the B meter that i had and looked at it it didn't seem to be quite the same kind of kind of thing so maybe that's just something i need to look a bit more into um and perhaps if anybody else has a meter that has had a bit more of a pack of um, the, pa- the, uh, the papers still left with it, that would be useful because obviously I didn't really want to go cutting up the one piece that was left in it. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, maybe other, somebody else has come across one that still had like a, a spare refill pack or something uh, and we could do a bit more investigating. We shall see. Um, the other email is from JM Golding who gets in touch and says, Hi Sunbeams, here are my entries for the Landscapes Cheap Shots Challenge made with my Holger uh 120s on ultrafine extreme 400 film um uh one my uh, on my first attempt for this round of the challenge i started getting fat rolls from this camera for the first time uh, i believe this is something that holger does have happen quite often i don't have a holger obviously this would be aid who who shoots with his holger um but I know that obviously J.M. Golding has used this camera a lot, hasn't she? Because she's entered in previous challenges and things. So it's a shame to hear that it started doing delivering fat rolls, unfortunately. She said, the camera came to me without the foam thingies that hold the film in place. So I cut a couple of these little pieces of foam and glued them in. Amazingly, it worked. Yay! At least in the sense that the film came out tightly rolled after exposure. So there you go. All you need is a little piece of foam. Done. (laughs) Um, But she said there were still huge light leaks. I was able to fix this pretty much by taping the seams. So as a result of the challenge, the camera is in the best shape it's been in since I've had it, at least for the moment. Okay. Um, She says about unexpected presence i'm assuming this is the title of one of the shots that yep. she detached okay uh, whilst uh, i was driving on a narrow winding road along the ridge top to the start of my photo walk i saw the sunlight filtering through the trees and was very happy to be able to find a safe a safe place to pull off and park so that i could make this exposure this light didn't last very long by the time i'd advanced the film and taken out my phone to get a snapshot it was only slightly visible about the thought of you never far for this one i used a red 25a filter which i've long thought of as a poor man's a poor person's infrared it doesn't always look like this though um she says thank you for a delightful thought-provoking and informative podcast that i look forward to each week and wishing you good light thank you very much jm golding and um you can check out a website which is jmgolding.com as well
2: yeah and and thank you very much, Jam, for instantly giving Barnaby exactly what he wanted. Some talk about what <laughs> for you were looking at. that's very, um, and uh, did you yeah. curate
1: those emails into that ordergram? I'm very uh, yeah, impressed.
2: absolutely. The <laughs> professionalism that Barnaby was talking about, um, and uh, shining say, through. Yeah, I, have to say, I, I did see JM's pictures, and once again, they're, they're pretty stunning. <laughs> she gets really quite amazing results out of that, Holger. I think uh, JM is in with her another strong shout for this round of <laughs> lovely pictures. Oh, God, I wish I could get pictures like that of my Holger, but I'm not. Very good. Do you um, have a
1: Holger. Sorry, Graham. I didn't realise you had one as well.
2: I do because Aid uh, bought three of them at one point. Um, You're right. He, went, he
1: did. He was worried that they were going to disappear, so he bought three, didn't he? Yeah. He's
2: he's changed a lot since then. He doesn't seem, <laughs> seem so concerned about the uh, disappearance of plastic cameras. Bless him. Um, Okay, the next one is from Hillary Clark. Uh, Hello, Sunbeams. Two things from me in this email. First of all, I've attached the roundup email from Roll Film Week, which shows how well it all went and gives some ideas for future plans and dates. Uh, You can guess that I have not read that email because I am disorganised. Anyway, on to the important thing. Uh, Not that Roll Film Week isn't important. Sorry, Hillary. Um, Second, I attach my cheap shots challenge photo. There's only one at the moment, not because of any complacence on my part, but because there's only only one that's actually submittable. With a bit of luck, there might be another before the deadline. But to be honest, I doubt it. I know you like a good story with the photo. So here goes. It's taken with the Voigtlander Vito B. I got on eBay for about £9. The early photos had a line running right across the negative. So I took the plunge and cleaned the inside of the back and it seems to have fixed the problem. Can I have a proficiency badge now for my first attempted camera repair? Yes, absolutely. you absolutely. <laughs> as so long good. as you promise to sew it onto your. What do you, you sew them onto? Your jumper or your you
1: sash, your or, or, you, or you, well, you could put it on your camera bag, can't you? <laughs> after
2: there you go. We ought to make. I put mine on my eye
1: patch, but you know that's yeah. not usually the case. <laughs>
2: Mike, we need proficiency badge patches. Uh, to be honest, by the time I've said this, Mike's probably already done this. He's so far ahead of us on everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you'll see that it's a picture of a wheat field, so you can't get more landscape than that. I think it's wheat, as it looks a bit like the pictures on the Wheatabix packet. <laughs> it was taken on holiday in Cornwall when we stayed on a farm and went for an evening walk around the fields. There may have been gin involved before we set off, and all the best walks to start with gin, which led to us somehow getting overconfident of our navigating skills and getting trapped in a field of cows. Massive, fierce cows. They had horns. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, <yep>. So <laughs> they were Highland cattle, or maybe they were bulls? That's, that's scary. Yeah, well, I mean, I they think, wouldn't have I more than one were, bull in a yeah. field, would <laughs> they?
2: probably highland cattle. And I yeah. think the fact that they had horns is what's giving them the massive and fierce name. Poor cows. And being townies, no kidding, we're not used to wild animals like these. So no pictures of cows, far too scared to point a camera at them. Um, but this is if our If a whole herd piece. of them,
1: you know, if there's a whole herd of cows coming at you, you're going to want to move pretty quick. But, you know, they're quite big. Yeah.
2: Well, they are quite big, although they were probably just stood there disinterestedly looking at hillary i would imagine but this is our slight admittedly slightly wonky escape run through the field (laughs) love the show hillary um i just want to actually throw in here because it fits in with this um anybody who has listened to the last few episodes will probably have realized that uh, neither you nor i have listened to eric's um, journal before it goes in that week. No, I, I we don't never have chance. That. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and so I only listened to Eric's last submission uh, you know, after the effect. Um, and boy, what what a great end to that uh, little fo- photo journal diary thing, whatever we want to call it. Um, if you didn't listen right to the end of the last show, really do, because um, yeah, Eric got himself in a spot of bother on his adventures, and uh, it was quite a trip uh, and it was a really good end to um, Eric's journey and uh, I was really pleased that we were able to have Eric do that I'm very proud to have him on there because it was great and the end definitely was (laughs) I'm just glad we still have Eric because it sounds as though he nearly killed himself oh my goodness Uh, yeah Um, they
1: have been they have been really good like listening to his his diary as he's been going I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed that it's been lovely
2: yeah yeah it's been great um he, he is I, I i eric ought to do something else we will we'll have to get eric on more often. But i know he's talked in the past about doing his own podcast of some sort and um i think he'll do it. but in the meantime he has his own blog and stuff like that so do check out uh, eric's stuff which is as always at conspiracy uh of cartographers i think there's full stops in between each one of those um yeah uh okay we'll go on now to the next one from nigel cliffreich
1: i'm just trying to find sorry yeah 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 yeah. okay um so nigel cliff says i'm hoping i got it right that this month's topic is landscape anyhow these are taken on a 50p wow i think that apart from being free cameras and people ones that people have had donated maybe 50p might be our cheapest one that somebody's actually bought for yeah (laughs) um uh, rico um ff9 from a car boot sale three pound 25 for a battery and a two pound roll of fuji 200 they are of national trust Kedlestone hall in derbyshire thank you very much nigel that definitely fits within the uh, the theme it's the correct theme and definitely fits within the price i'm most impressed
2: yeah, so and I'm pretty sure Nigel is somebody who's come to us from uh, the Classic Lenses podcast, and ah, it makes me lovely. very happy to see um, uh, somebody else diving in and going, "All oh, right, what can we get with 50p lens?" Like, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you don't need to be spending all of your money on. I these want
1: to, I want lenses. to know if he, if he bartered down to 50p, like what it started at. If you're at a car boot sale, presumably it started a little bit higher, and you were like, mm, "Well, I've got 50p left." In five P's. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking very much from experience here on your range.
1: Was it that obvious? <laughs> yeah, it was. It
2: was. Okay. Um, the next one is from Stephen Milheim, MD. Uh, Stephen writes in, dear Sunbeams. Please note that your rules for the Cheap Shots Challenge give advantage to those who can purchase their cameras and film with sterling, since the value of £20 exceeds the value of $20. Despite this handicap, I found a camera on a notorious online auction site, a Kodak Brownie Bullseye medium format box camera circa 1957 to 1960 for £18.99, including shipping. Having a little left in my budget, I looked through my drawer and found a roll of Kodak Verichrome 620 film that came with some old darkroom equipment that my father gave to me. Verichrome film preceded Verichrome pan film and was discontinued in 1956.
1: Yeah! Wow, wow.
2: Now that I have surmounted the budgetary challenge, I face the challenge of creating a photo with my 60 plus year old equipment. My plan is to clean up the lens a bit, shoot my film and try stand development in Rodnell, developer made from acetaminophen. There you go. I did not know that about uh, Rodnell. Um, Wish me luck. We do wish you luck. We really do. That's great. Uh, um, That's some old Verichrome film, but I'm sure he'll get something. I'm relatively sure he might get something so um we will uh, you got i really hope we see some stuff from that anyway uh kind regards from steve uh yeah i love old box cameras and that is a real good cheap way of getting out there and shooting <laughs> right aid do you want to take the next one
1: i'm rachel but sure you know you can ask aid if she wants to <laughs> it's it, okay. Ed,
2: oh my goodness <laughs> it's
1: fine bless it, bless
2: it it's the morning it's because it says high aid first. It's People who put AIDS names through me, through me about people doing the wrong thing. And yeah, uh, anyway, take this next one from Matt, Rach.
1: It's fine, Jeremy, no problem.
2: Oh, um, do No, you start that. says
1: hi, aid, Rachel boring. and Graham. Not sure if I missed the August deadline or not, but I thought I'd give it a go. Um, Lomo, simple use, black and white. Um, oh, sorry, single. I think that's supposed to say Lomo, single use, black and white camera.
2: Uh, Plus Simple use, that's what they call them.
1: Oh, are they? Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. But these are the ones that are a bit like a disposable camera, yes? Yeah?
2: They are exactly. Okay. But, yeah. but it's Lomo, okay. so it's simple
1: use. Okay, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's the Lomo simple use black and white camera plastic reloaded with Kodak Ultramax 400 and developed at home in a unicolor C41 kit from the FPP. That's from Matt Jones, and Aussie in Thailand, apparently. So there we go. Thanks very yeah. much, Matt.
2: Have you ever had a go at doing that, Rach, reloading um, a a disposable camera?
1: I've taken three apart.
2: (laughs) I'm throwing them in the bin.
1: (laughs) No, I've taken three apart and I've got all the pieces together and all the pieces are like (laughs) labelled because the idea was that I was going to try and reload it, but I didn't get round to it. (laughs) Because
2: so, that was one of the sort of the big things, the the selling points for the Lomo simple use ones was, like, oh yeah, you can take these apart fairly easily and put new film in. Well, and that's down. the
1: thing. I'm because the ones that I have taken apart have been uh, a Fuji and two of the Ilford disposables, um, so they weren't built necessarily to be taken apart and put back together again. Gotcha. Um, so really, I was doing it to uh, satisfy my own curiosity, as like, oh, how does this work? And let, let's just see what the extent of the engineering skills inside alike um hmm. so yeah. so once you take it apart it's not that easy to get it back together again i found um whereas <laughs> as you say these simple use ones that, uh, were although they are in effect disposable cameras they did say you know if you take it apart carefully you should be able to reload and and reshoot and you know shoot again with it so yeah it's it would be interesting to see the difference in terms of the, how they've been engineered shall we say and put together um as to uh, as to what makes that much easier to to use as a as a reloaded uh, camera so yeah mm.
2: i've always um listened to mike gutterman on the negative positive podcast your better mates over there and um mike talked about in the past where he's gone out and done quite a lot of shooting with these disposable cameras where he's um, messed up the lenses on them and i've always mm-hmm. thought oh, that sounds like quite you know because it's a disposable camera I'll mm-hmm. i'll take a Knife to that lens and put some scratches in, or you know, see what see what comes out the other end. That always seems like quite a fun thing to do, which mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't do even with a not very good plastic camera, um, mm. because it just feels like no, nah, you might want that to actually take something better at some point. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, cool. Um, the next one is from our good friend Jeremy North, which means I've already had to go through and slightly edit this email because it wouldn't be Jeremy. <laughs> uh, Jeremy writes in, "It's great and." Hooray! There wasn't one for Rachel, so let's go with rage Chastick. Which isn't a but... Uh, well, Is that- that, <laughs> well, that's three, cr- good, three cracking good podcasts in a row. Back to the good old days. Uh, we, we will leave the implied rest of that out there. Um, it was really good to hear all about the process of Team Intrepid. I love the genius idea of dual-purposing the camera into an enlarger. Gas, gas, gas. It made me laugh when you were talking about Lisa, who you heard on the C41 podcast. The best is I listened to that interview a couple of days earlier. Ha! They are better than you, as their podcast comes out on Mondays. (laughs) I thought she was a great, uh, uh, yeah, I thought she was great, and as I listened, I thought she'd be the perfect guest for your podcast. Anyway, I was going to write to you to suggest you get her on, uh, and then you said you'd listen too. Her real name, because yeah, uh, we got it wrong, or rather Max got it wrong, because he said Lisa, and it's not, it's, uh, is Lena Bessanova and she was suitably feisty. As such, she'd be a great interviewee. I love that she tells how she sees it, and none of that touchy-feely, needy BS, Graham. <laughs> Get on the case. Um, yes, uh I am I found um, Lena on Instagram and I'm now following what she does on there and uh, I really, as I mentioned on the show uh, with Max, um, it was really interesting hearing her on C41 and um, I do love what she's doing. Um, and maybe at some point in the future, uh, well, it would be lovely to talk to her, but has, she has just done a really good had a good conversation with the guys at studio c41 um i don't think we're going to be doing it anytime soon because they've, they've done a great job there but uh yeah i would love to talk to her because her work is fantastic and she just seems like a very entertaining person to talk to um so uh yeah you ought to check out her work as well Rach. Um, oh i really have good. don't
1: worry yeah yep, uh, yeah yep. cool
2: yeah and and, and awesome yeah. blue awesome blue hair as well i just of love
1: all, all the best blue. of us have always ha- have had blue hair at some point or other so you know <laughs>
2: Uh, i'm feeling i feel bad now that I have, have you also. not uh, oh no
1: that's the thing oh, next well. week
2: <laughs> if I we'll, we'll check back well. in and
1: see how your bleaching and and blue hair dyeing goes next week i've been all, you, every color apart from green i never went green unfortunately
2: uh well this time Maybe yet. You should
1: race. do that yeah exactly there's still time
2: my head's enough of a disaster as it is without me dying it a different colour to draw attention to what a disaster it <laughs> is. Um, do you want to take the next one, Rach? Uh,
1: yes. So uh, this is from John Michael uh, Mendeza. Uh, it Says, "Dear Sunbeams, this is a bit long, so feel free to chop it up." Did you chop it up, Graham?
2: No, it's not okay. We've had far longer.
1: <laughs> okay. So attached, you will find my entries for the Landscape Cheap Shots Challenge. These pictures were taken around f/4 and 1/50th of a second on good old Agfa Vista 200. This is my first time taking part and I had a lot of fun in the process. These were taken at sunset while my wife and I were walking near a lake here in Germany. As to the camera, I had to pick between two because when shopping, I was able to grab this pair for 10 euros off the internet. One is the EXA1A, uh, which is an East German SLR produced in the mid 60s to late 70s. They call it the poor man's uh, poor man's Praktika.
2: Wow! Has, yeah, <laughs> can we just um, get that concept into our
1: head? <laughs> I've got two little practicers sitting on the shelf. They're a great little camera, actually. You know, for intro, you know, first first time Ooh. shooting, put a bit oh, of HP five in that, and they're great, good to go. Um, yeah. it says it has the charming distinction of being a thirty five millimeter camera with a waist level finder. So I almost chose it just for that. That sounds very cool, actually. I'd love that. I like a like a waist level finder. Um. Oh, but in the end, I went for the beltica is that one you've come across
2: no no i haven't
1: uh, it says this camera was also produced in dresden and was released in 1951 it is a 35 millimeter folding camera ah so you would like that i'm sure mm-hmm. um so it's great for sticking it in a pocket and looks a lot like a smaller version of the uh, a zeiss icon it has a viewfinder on the top to look through but this only gives you a vague idea of composition and is no help with the focus <laughs> graham said oh god what have you advise now <laughs> Graham said I should pick the worst of the two cameras, so I went with the Beltica. There we go. So it is your fault. All the best and looking forward to the next challenge. John Michael Mendeza. Graham pronounced it perfectly last time. Oh well, I've probably messed it up then. Sorry, oh, John. I, I, <laughs> John I,
2: think it, I think you've nailed it, Rachel. I think you've nailed it. Yeah, always go, always go with the uh, the clonkiest one because it always <laughs> always makes for the most fun and uh, trouble um, shooting. I'm feeling really proud actually that uh, this week there's been two instances of, of other people, other groups of individuals, and um, doing uh, dumb things because of uh, the, the dumb things that I've said. Um, one you you pointed out to me, uh, rage. <laughs> um, as mentioned before, uh, I occasionally have conversations on Instagram, wherever you, with the chaps at the Classic Lenses podcast, and that's mostly me yelling at them for, for doing doing what they do because I am I'm a pain in the neck. And um, I may have called them um, rabid acquisition monkeys in a recent mm. communication. Um, and one of their listeners has made this brilliant T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> with a fantastic picture of a, some sort of monkey, a very angry looking monkey with a camera and the phrase rabid acquisition monkeys on them. And that's now a teacher t shirt that's in existence. feeling very good about that. And uh, the other uh, thing listeners was. You
1: can see a photo of it on our Facebook page. So it's been posted on there uh, with the comment, Graham, look what you've started.
2: It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> and the thing is, they are rabid acquisition. If you listen to that show, which I do every week, they are constant. it 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 is a sickness i mean i i love gear and lenses and stuff are great but (laughs) my goodness there's there's something going on there um the other thing is of course as i mentioned earlier the homemade camera project uh getting into scammers um (laughs) they they seem to have got one scammer which is an older one which has a white like a thumb winder which I think is more likely they might be able to get something out of that. But um, Graham has also picked up an Olympia and and that thing is, and he's he's being really positive about it. And I'm like, yeah, what are you even looking at? It looks a lot like a proper SLR. I'm like, it doesn't. It looks like a (laughs) dog.
1: All right, let's not carry on with that. Come on. We've got more to get through. We uh, have, have yes. Aid will be upset if I don't keep you in check.
2: He will. Okay. This next one is from Baxter Harrell. Hey guys, love the show. I was listening to one of the newer episodes, maybe 108, 109, and I heard someone asking about building a cheapish dark room in a small space. Well, six months ago, I did just that and want to help pass along some of the knowledge. A friend donated her father's old enlarger to me. I bought a safe light on eBay for $15. For my trays, I'm using those plastic stackable drawers that you can buy at Walmart. Uh, they were $10 a pop, And I bought the ones that were about 12 inch by 15 inch and two inches deep with three shelves per unit. I bought two so I can have a rinse tray in each step in between each step for six drawers trays total. Since my final wash step is a little different than usual, I feel like the in-between rinses help out. Maybe not. And I'm wasting time. These stackable trays cut down on so much space, it's incredible. My dark closet is at most four foot wide and six foot deep, but probably smaller. But what about an exhaust system? Yeah, you mentioned this, Rach, didn't you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, you do need to breathe.
2: (laughs) Well, what I do is I only have the door shut when I absolutely need to, like when turning out the light to make the print, handling paper or developing. The rest of the time, I keep the door open and have a fan blowing to help circulate the air. I know it's not the best option, but it's working so far without getting that awful fixer headache. Since I don't have a sink in the closet, what I'll do is keep a two foot by two foot tub of water in the hall next to the door. and I hold my prints in that until I have about five or six pieces of paper in there. Then I'll go to the bathroom and rinse and hang to dry in the shower. I should also mention that I'm only using RC paper which helps helps the way with rinsing. I know fibre it would not be good to hold them in the water for that long and there are a few other issues that would come with my setup. Last I should mention that since the light seals on the door aren't light tight and I need to keep the door open for airflow I am only able to work at night. Obviously, this isn't a permanent setup, but it's working just fine for now. Hopefully, at some point, I can convince my girlfriend to let me take over our shared studio space, but I don't see that happening, so this will have to do. Like I mentioned earlier, I love the show and look forward to hearing it each week. I hope this can help convince anyone who is hesitant to try and set up a darkroom to just go for it. It's not that hard or expensive. Uh, P.S. This is from at general underscore tso from instagram and we spoke about a week ago on there um that's really good advice i love the tip of the stackable trays mm-hmm. that's a really good space saving a, a, a tip
1: absolutely and um it's they are the sort of thing that i've been looking for because as you know i have a, a small dart room um at home uh graham as well but but space is limited and uh and especially for you know in the space uh i think he was saying it's like six foot by four foot uh that he's using, that baxter's using um you know when i use the the toilet space in rosie <laughs> um as my as my little um uh, min- sort of like portable dart room if you like that's that's br- well oh, that's even smaller than that and it's got like a little fold out sink so having the stackable trays is a fantastic way of utilizing utilizing the space um in the most economical way um and uh yeah uh that kind of thing's always useful to have uh, so uh yeah brilliant thanks for the tip i'm sure it'll help some of our listeners i'm i'm so on board with what bax is saying there. you know you really don't need very much to set up a dark room um and uh I think for me, especially, it's all about using your imagination a little bit and and kind of not being defeated by some of these small, small problems. But I am really glad to hear that at least um, they're using the door open and having some ventilation and things like that, because um, there's some nasty things in some of the chemicals and you don't want to be breathing that in. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) you want to make sure that you are getting some airflow through there
2: yeah yeah absolutely and um and as you mentioned the thing once that print is in the fixer you can open the door. once it's been in the absolutely. fixer for a, yeah. you know a, f- a few minutes seconds or you
1: something can... yeah you'll, you'll be fine
2: yeah well it'd be a bit but it, you can you can put the lights on even whilst it's still in the fix though can't you once it's been oh, in the yes, fixer for yes. about 14 seconds you can open that door and and let the air in and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be in the dark in the fix no. um so um and until the paper comes out you know, you can get all the prep and stuff done beforehand and get all your focusing done so yeah that's a very good idea uh can i back in here
0: please
1: of course you can of course you can um do you have um some information on dark rooms
0: uh yes um excellent uh, they, they they're not very light (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's true, that is very true And there, well en- there
0: endeth my coaching for this show
1: <laughs> We were just coming up to Daniel's email Actually, Daniel um, Marinelli um, Do you want to take over with that one, seeing as you're back? Uh,
0: give me a chance to find it sure. I'm just scrolling through okay, the show sorry. notes There are many, it's, many emails uh,
1: page, hold on, I will tell you now It's page 16, no <laughs> Yes, <laughs> 16, really page 16? 16 so page <laughs> wow.
0: 16 okay and it's from daniel daniel marinelli, daniel marinelli. go on then all In right half i shall frame camera club a half yeah, frame off. camera club well, that's, that sounds uh, like a good club to be involved with um uh as i'm especially seeing as i'm expecting uh two rolls or cartridges of even smaller 110 film to come back for my cheap shots challenge entries but there we go um Ooh. right daniel writes greeting sunbeams I have an entry for the cheap shots challenge. My story is nowhere near as interesting as some of the ones I heard last week, but here it is anyway. Well, I wouldn't say that, Daniel. We can—I'm um, sure we can spice it up a little bit. <laughs> I would—I <have, laughs> would have loved to use a half-frame camera for the entry, but good luck finding one of those to meet the price requirement. Uh, are they really mm. expensive then? Um, but fate brought me just... a lovely-looking Ricoh AF40 for just six US dollars that's pretty cheap and when I saw it I knew it would be a camera I could use for Cheap Shots Challenge i have wanted to enter for so long but here in california finding a working camera that's cheap is like finding a leica for a (laughs) hundred dollars basically it just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. um yeah anyways uh, that's like that where i live as well actually daniel i know that rachel and graham are always posting stuff on social media about stuff they find in in charity shops and what have you but around my way that sort of stuff just doesn't happen sadly Uh, it's
1: much less it's much less these days to be honest But, you know, in a way, I guess that's showing that people are becoming more aware of, you know, there being cameras out there um, and maybe wanting to use them or, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, hey, the more people shooting film, the more likely we're going to up our listener number. So I'm all up for that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, Daniel Daniel goes on to say, uh, anyway, I loaded the camera up with some Fuji Superior 400. Oh, great film. As that is the mm-hmm. cheapest, most readily available film stock in my neck of the woods. Uh, well, is it going to be available for much longer? And I find uh, It's funny
1: that it, we both said exactly the same thing about the film. Sorry, because oh, uh, right. so one of our other you, uh, our other listeners wrote in and said Fuji Superior 400. And I also went, oh, yes, great <laughs> miss the superior i yeah. do i miss yeah. it so uh, i'm glad to hear that he's been using it that's good yes uh,
0: and i find it to be among the best of the consumer grade net color negative film so oh, no argument there um i set the iso to 100 oh okay for a bit of overexposure and perhaps some more dramatic colors and went to work a total price including development and scan 19 us dollars that's pretty good Ooh, so he he's two shots at two shots two stops uh, of overexposure on the fuji i wonder what that would do i look forward to seeing hmm. those um sadly when i got the film back i found it had some major light leaks on every <laughs> single frame oh no, oh, no. You don't yeah, want to
2: do that challenge
0: yeah <laughs> don't want to do that if you're also choosing to overexpose by two stops um, but in the spirit of the competition, I decided to press on. That—that that is absolutely in the spirit. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Graham's photos this time. Um, no. We'll come back to that. We we'll come back, We get. We're, we, we've got a whole show. We can talk about that, Graham. So it's uh, yeah. But but you will get you you will get the perseverance award for this round. I think uh, out of the three of us. Um, I selected a photo that takes landscape at its most literal meaning, and (laughs) and here it is, light leaks and all. I mean, what did I expect for a $6 camera? Actually, I found the camera a real joy to use, and I'm going to fix the foam seals and see if we can't make it a winner yet. P.S. If this message finds its way onto your show before August the 15th, uh, which it will. It does. It does. Please mention (laughs) our... Because
2: this special show,
0: yeah. Yeah. Please mention our summer zine, which is open for submissions until then. Last time, your shout out really increased the number of submissions, for which I am very thankful. Right. Okay. Have we got the details for that? That's the half frame club. Yeah. Is that where we need to...
2: Exactly. Yeah, just go to halfframeclub.com and you'll find them at Half Frame Club on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, so and so open
1: until the fifteenth of August. Excellent. That's
0: cool. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so, so is this actually, do we even know what day this show is going to go out? <laughs> We're recording Friday morning. <laughs> okay. It'll be out by. It'll <laughs> yeah. be out by Saturday, I expect. So there'll be a good yeah. four or five days uh, from when you, from when we publish this show, uh, where the entries for Daniel Zine are still open. So uh, go have a look.
2: And I have to say, I'll just very quickly, um, underexposing by a couple of stops really makes those colours pop in that Superior 400. Um really does. I mean, it might help the fact that also they have all the sun in California. Um, but, uh, yeah, and also some epic light leaks, <laughs> some real big light leaks. Yes, uh, yes. Nice big bars. Mm. So, uh,
0: so, so tell me, you guys, did you happen to have uh, any quick breaks in the show whilst I was off on my work stuff?
1: Nope. We no, we're nearly through. done now.
0: Co- yeah, according- we're nearly done now. You want to you plow on through, huh? Okay, all I, think,
1: right.
2: I think we've only got another three emails.
1: Three left to go, I think, well, yes.
0: all right. Oh. If you've still got the energy, let's do it.
2: Excellent. We, yeah, absolutely. You can always shove one in somewhere else if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: the next one's from Mike Gutterman, um, and he says, Hello, Sunbeams. Here is my submission to the Landscape Challenge. These were taken on Metrochrome 320. That the fpp sells retrochrome is a, an old government surplus ectochrome film i cross-processed it in extremely exhausted c41 chemicals because i was too cheap to mix up a fresh batch <laughs> hey. Hey.
0: <laughs> um, it's
1: a cheap shots usually... challenge that's a good thing well this is true this is true so it's about being economical as well isn't it um ectochrome usually cross-processes well and ampl- amplifies blues not so here but again that is probably caused by my chemicals very sad state cheers from mike (laughs) gutterman uh well we can imagine what the blues may have been like then mike thank you very much yeah
2: definitely not (laughs) present in these very yellow pictures (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: oh
2: well
0: uh yes well yes well yellow's a good color it's a good it's a good landscape color i think isn't it
1: yeah 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 sunny yeah absolutely sunny 16 uh graham do you want to take the next one from luke
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, Luke writes in, Howdy, There's Just a quick email with my contributions to this round of the Cheap Shops Challenge. I managed to shoot and get development done in time on the last two rounds, but the scanning stage tripped me up. So finally getting in and around by the skin of my teeth. Uh, this was um, sent yes, yeah, yesterday. So yes, by the skin of your teeth. Being winter down in this part of the world, I took advantage of a grey and foggy work trip down to Canberra the nation's capital, and best described, to my mind, as the Antipodean equivalent of Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a must-see. The
1: Canberra Tourist Board are really happy with uh, with Luke right now.
0: <laughs> best be, best release another movie with Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman in, quick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One photo is looking across Lake George, or the rather dry lake bed, where Lake George should be, and the other is more of an urban landscape. Of a vacant social housing estate on the edge of the city. You're really selling, camera Shot on my super cheap, super stylish plastic lump of Ricoh KR10 with 24 to 70 millimeter kit lens on the last roll of Kodak C41 black and white film, expired 2005, that came with the camera from the seller. Look forward to hearing Graham's outrage when the host sentries are judged in this round of the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Happy cheap-shotting everyone, Luke. Uh, Yes, thank you very much, Luke. And I have absolutely no doubt that that is how that will play out. Um, Because, yeah, the, the judges... Oh, we just... Got bad judges, continuing bad judges.
0: Yeah, we're always chosen by you though, which is the funniest thing about it. Mm.
2: I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bad judge of judges. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly,
0: clearly, you are. Yes. Okay. This well, is our last one, then, our Abe, last yeah. one, our last one. I feel, I feel like I've, um, I've let let everybody down. Actually, I did the first few, and I've come back to do the last one. <laughs> well,
2: actually, you just sweeped it. yeah Yeah. actually we have got another two-line one a very last one at the end um but you can read this one another one from australia it's great that we're getting some communications from australia because for the longest time it felt like we were never hearing from anybody in australia so i'm really pleased that we are now good day everyone i was going
0: to say yeah i was going to say this this (laughs) yeah the 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 giveaway is 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 the classic start isn't it good day Sunbeams. (laughs) beams Um, This is from Theo, uh, who says, good day sunbeams. My name is Theo Panagopoulos from Sydney, Australia, where the sunny 16 rule really does apply. Ah, good man. Yes, it's gone. Yeah, having had weeks and weeks of sunshine, it's distinctly overcast here at my house today. So, um, uh, yes. is down here is it it has been raining here as well so maybe the jet stream has moved back into the right position who knows anyway that's not going to impact on theo and his weather he says uh, i have been a long-term listener well thank you very much and look forward to and enjoy your podcast every week even though i sometimes listen a few weeks late due to limited time uh, well they are long shows <laughs> <laughs> I also publish the <laughs> photothinking.com website where I review and post some how to articles on mainly analog photography. Mm. I just finished listening to episode 111. Well, that's pretty up to date, where the ever bright Rachel mentioned she, <laughs> she got a few cameras, including the Nikon Light Touch 120 Zoom Champagne Compact and the, and the Franco Salida. By a stroke of coincidence, on the same day as listening, I happen to publish my latest review, which happens to be the Nikon Light Touch 140 Zoom. Uh, oh, ah. that, that's 20 better than yours, right? <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also with the gold finishing touches. Oh, splendid. I, I love that whole champagne gold kind of colour. It's brilliant. It's
1: so lovely.
0: Um, I actually wrote this review because when I had bought the camera, it was primarily with no real thought other than this might be a bit of fun rather than the more serious cameras, which require a bit more thought and the out- and the outlandishly garish looks it has <laughs> the results were actually surprisingly good
1: so Ooh. much so
0: that i think some of the zoom compacts are a real steal at the moment as everyone concentrates on the olympus Mew and t-whatevers from yashica and contacts and it's a good point those zooms are mm-hmm. still reasonably affordable aren't they
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: For everyday use, and for someone that may want to maybe introduce their kids to film photography, they're just great. I do worry about Rachel's wonky counter, though, mm-hmm. as this probably spells out trouble in the form of the electronics.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. I, well, I, I don't know at the moment because I, age. Um, I, I don't think you were there on that show. Um, I was talking about obviously having having got this uh, Nikon Light Touch, um, and for some reason it seemed to. Um, give me two shots or the counter went up two shots for every time I took a photo so it was frame one frame three frame five etc and then occasionally it would be like 20 21 24 I was like oh okay (laughs) so I'm not entirely sure whether it was randomly doing shooting two frames at a time or whether it was just that the counter is doing whatever it's its counter was doing Uh, so we will we will see. I haven't yet processed I haven't actually finished that role yet, but um I will get that processed um so, okay. soon, hopefully. I'm near the end. I'm near the end. Okay. All right.
0: Well this is uh, we'll catch up we then. So back to food. back to the end of Theo's email. Uh, even more <laughs> of a coincidence, I also obtained a Franca folding <laughs> no camera this week. Uh, this is so
1: random. <laughs> which seems
0: like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> which seems like a great little six by six camera, a type of camera which I particularly like a lot. I have to agree to Graham's comments. That's odd. Never seen that written in a email before. <laughs> I'll Lovely. read that again just in case anybody missed it for posterity. I have to agree to Graham's comments. <clears throat> hmm. Hi- ah, here we go. Hidden amongst all his other dribble. <laughs> <laughs> <Strength>. <laughs> That, that the, seems a little harsh the, the, these are a, well, the first bit sounded good I don't read ahead yeah. these emails So it's just as much a surprise to me as it is to you But I, mm-hmm. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt there mate But clearly um, Theo gives with one hand and takes away with the other
2: Just going <laughs> to Theo's entries from the cheap shot
0: <laughs> So he agrees with you though Graham That these are a fantastic entry for most people in the, To the world of medium format That being the 6x6 uh, the six six folding cameras um, personally, I, he thinks that the lack of a rangefinder on these is a plus for a new user, as it gets them to really consider the competition rather than just focus and shoot. That's interesting. It's good, interesting point of view um anyhow keep up the great podcast i would really miss it if it was not there oh well i don't think we've got any plans to to stop producing this so we're, we're gonna keep him going um and that is uh from theo and whether anybody
1: likes it or not whether anybody yeah,
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and uh his website is photothinking.com and that takes us to the end of page 18 of the show notes <laughs>
1: great i'm I'm really really looking forward to having a look at that um review as well thank you very much theo that was bizarre that he literally reviewed the camera more or less that i was talking about and uh and picked up the other one that i'd that i got as well so uh, very strange
0: indeed maybe you are quantumly entangled
2: rach
1: perhaps we are perhaps we are well (laughs) page 18 we did well we did
2: and I am gonna finish up um because literally whilst we have been recording because even though this was going to be just a quick email show there were so many so 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 many yes this is and the so show well that done. you
0: said Graham oh it'll only take us half an hour we'll do an extra show this week and'll only take half an hour don't worry don't yeah. worry and my clock at the moment says one hour 22 but then...
2: <laughs> I know I know and, and, and listeners if you have listened all the way through and and I hope you have and I hope you've enjoyed hearing from everybody who's taken part um thank you um but uh um the last one. Is very, very quick, and it's from Martin Scarland. Uh, and we will be, Martin has already sent in a couple of um, pieces on his project to uh, build a cheap dark room at home, which we will start including in the show, not on the next show, but probably the one after that, in a similar way that we've done with Eric's. Um, Martin writes in Hi, Sunnies, this is my landscape effort. Now, really starting to realize how soft this lens is still all of the fun <laughs> shot on an ag for Solet, saved on the way to the bin and cost zero pounds on hp5 and processed in rodnell and um it's a very pretty picture so yeah coming in at the 11th hour we are still getting them in <laughs> um it's, that's yes. good stuff
0: so so well that's a good so it's a, it's a good one though because as you say 11th hour so could you remind us please of the deadline
2: so the deadline is tomorrow. The deadline is Saturday the 11th. So this might go out probably pretty in much morning. on the deadline. Mm-hmm. It might go out in the morning. Yes. Um, but it, it is if this goes out tomorrow morning, then you have the rest of the day to get this in. And that's it. Um we've had so many entries for this round i haven't counted them up yet but i would guess it's probably nearly twice as many as normal it's great to see so many new people getting involved um and i now need to collate all those pictures <laughs> into one. you're of gonna have a busy place.
0: weekend aren't you yeah
1: and I we're looking at have... there being one shot aren't we from everybody who's who's submitted is that's right is that is that right
2: yes so the plan mm-hmm. is that we will put all these pictures together and then um, get Johnny to go through them uh, before we record and pick his, his choice from everybody's submission to web. I mean, some people have only submitted one image anyway, but everybody who's submitted to will get Johnny to pick his favorite uh, so that we've got fewer pictures to talk about, but everybody gets a picture included. Um, So we can really have a good chat about all of them on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to this because as I said, I haven't had a good chance to look at all of the pictures that have been sent in because I, as everybody who listens to this will realize, that I do this on the wing and prayer. Um, but all <sighs> of the ones that I have taken two seconds to look at have been brilliant. Um, and more than any other of the categories we've done so far, really highlight that you can get incredible pictures from uh, cameras which some people would would just toss in the bin so it's i'm really looking forward to it and i'm really looking forward to seeing because johnny's i think johnny's got some interesting takes on what he likes and doesn't like in landscape so this should be very interesting
0: I, uh, I, I. It's great. Uh, I mean, what what could be better than than having to choose a favorite from so many intra entries? So um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't envy Johnny his job. Um, especially seeing as after you've invited him on the show, he is going to incur your wrath by awarding either me or
2: Rachel the win. I
0: know.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> have you actually got some pictures, Rach?
1: I have. I um because um obviously unfortunately i was unable to do the show this week because i'd gone to the lakes for a couple of days um so i the idea was that that would probably be the best place for me to actually take some images um right. of landscapes so i did i went away to the lakes and um i did actually manage to shoot roll now i i did have i should probably explain i did have some issues now my my actual shoot shots challenge camera that i've used previously that you've you've seen graham mm-hmm. um it's died it's died <laughs> of death
2: oh dear I know. Do, do. yeah another yeah. one bites the yeah, dust yeah i know That's two yeah. cheap shots cameras down yeah, so, yeah. Far. so did, my, it, did my, it spontaneously my... explode
1: do you know it didn't surprisingly enough it was one of my cameras that hasn't spontaneously com- exploded um so but yeah it, it basically would not do anything it would not perform in any any way at all so um unsurprisingly i happen to have four other cameras with me one of which was my franca that um obviously theo was just talking about which i bought for eight pounds so i've used that and that is now my new cheap shots challenge camera So my £8 uh, Franca camera, I've not, I've not put anything else through it. So I don't know if the bellows are still in one piece. So I may still not have any images (laughs) by the time I get to process it. But I did shoot a roll of um, FP4. Um, I put that through it. So uh, so that brings me in under the under the limit anyway. So yeah. I thought I'll just have to go with that instead and see how things go. So um, it gave me a chance to see whether the camera's working at all. And I might have scored myself a winning shot for for this round. So we will see. Anyway, I'm processing that as we speak pretty much because I am sitting literally in the dark room right now (laughs) recording this show. Um, So it's right here next to me. There we go.
0: Cool. Okay. Wow. So listeners, next time you hear from us, it is going to be the judging of this round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. And we all know how fun that can be. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> it's going to be great. Uh, thanks to all the listeners for writing in as well and telling, giving us a bit of backstory to their images as well. It's really important. And uh, it's lovely to hear about all the trials and tribulations you all go through as well. <laughs>
0: Yes. Makes me feel better. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's great to have so many people involved. And thanks, yes. Uh, and I'll add my thanks to that as well for all the emails coming in. Okay, that is the end of the show, uh, as always. Actually, even more so than usual, because it's been so much driven by listener emails. Uh, it has been an honour and a privilege to talk to you all. Uh, we will be back, not next week, we'll be back in just a few days with Cheap Truck Challenge. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Bye.